0: Welcome in Week Three Eight by Eighty Podcast. Austin Ham uh, riding along with me. There's Tyler Smith and Smith. A couple weeks in, we're having fun.
1: Yeah, this is uh, quite the football season we're starting to have, and uh, loving loving talking some football with you guys. Um, and this this week was a doozy with some of these scores. Oh my goodness! Yeah, just. I felt like when we were
0: laying out kind of the games to watch, there was just there were a couple that were interesting, but I felt like I had a pretty good handle on kind of how things were going to play out. I didn't. I was I was wrong, and I probably should get used to that. But we'll start with some of those games that we did highlight that had some you know some semi somewhat notable outcomes. Um, Fall City Sacred Heart. They keep bouncing back after that opening loss. To Elmwood Murdoch. They beat Nebraska Lutheran 56 to 28. Neely Oakdale, they had a tough opening loss to Howell's Dodge, but they came back nicely. Knocked off Crofton 36-18. to 18. One thing I think we need to keep an eye on going forward, Tyler, is that Crofton offense, after putting up 42 against Summerland, they haven't cracked 20 in the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, that's kind of something that I've kind of got my eye on, where they're going to have to get something figured out if they want to keep bouncing back the rest of the season. They're on a little bit of a slide, but if they get that offense rolling, I think they'll be okay.
0: Lawrence Nelson, they were looking to reinsert themselves into the conversation against an undefeated Arapaho team, and they sure did that with a 68-14 to 14 win. Um, Laurel conquered Coleridge, and this was an interesting one for us with them knocking off the Plainview Pirates 38-14. to 14. And really, from what we had seen from Plainview so far this season, I think that 14 number is the one that really stands out.
1: Yeah, that offense was has been pretty potent, and it's, it's really been clicking even since last year, and they didn't lose a ton. Um, to see the 14 on the board, and I think that second score that they got actually came pretty late. I think they were at either 6 or 8 for most of the game. Um, really kind of shocking and quite impressive for that Laurel Concord Bears uh, defense, and they're definitely going to be a team to watch out for. Ravenna continues their bounce
0: back season one win a year ago. They're now remain undefeated, knocking off Cambridge 50 to 18. Ainsworth over Burwell, 34 to 12. We know it's a little bit of a down year there for the Longhorns, obviously a big time up year right now for Ainsworth. But Tyler, I had the chance to actually call a game. I was doing the West Holt O'Neill game on Friday for radio, and I did it with Michael Scholes, who is an Ainsworth alum and he didn't mince words he has said this is probably the best bulldogs team since at least the turn of the century
1: yeah ainsworth is for real this season um they're really kind of just putting on a show uh demonstrating that they're back and this is kind of their year um carter nelson's i mean he's just an animal on both sides of the ball and they're they're doing a great job of moving him around where sometimes they'll play quarterback sometimes receiver Running back. I mean, they're they're putting their best athlete in the best positions to succeed. So, Answer's legit. Let's time to take them seriously. Absolutely. Uh, Sandhills Thedford. They stay on the seesaw on the, this
0: time on the upswing. They, we thought they might have an interesting matchup there with Twin Loop. A little bit of a resurgent program there, but Sandhills Thedford all over it with a 44 to eight win. So they get back in that win column. Couple games that we did not highlight really much going into last week, but they wound up being two of these wound up being two of the absolute best games of the week by far. Might wind up being two of the best games of the season. (laughs) We'll start with the lower scoring of the two. That was Saint Mary's hosting Osmond and the final of that one in the low scoring one. That was fifty two to forty six, the Saint Marys Cardinals winning it in an afternoon game that we were lucky enough to hear the entirety of on the radio, but Gage Headstrom has another big time game. Um, both offenses seem to be clicking. There were some interesting special teams plays. This was just an absolutely outstanding game from start to finish. And I'm really glad I got to listen in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was kind of as we were both kind of getting off work and stuff and had other stuff going on. So it was nice to be able to catch it on the radio. Uh, wish I could have saw some more of the highlights of this game. Um, Honestly, I think these two teams figured something out as far as a new kickoff strategy because I'm pretty sure both sides of the uh, or both teams recovered multiple different onsides, mostly because they were afraid of the big special special teams play of kick returns for touchdowns. We talked about Gage Hedstrom getting two of them the week before. Well, he had another one in this game, and he brought another one back to the 11. So you can understand why these teams are scared to kick to each other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's just this game was. Just an absolute masterclass in trying to figure out some sort of wrinkle to give yourself the advantage, and both teams just absolutely had to battle for it, and it was so, so impressive. But possibly even more impressive <laughs> was what happened in Wakefield. Uh, the Trojans hosted the Pender-Pendragons. Final score, Wakefield 65, Pender 62. I, there, This game just had everything if you like offense an absolute
1: track meet yeah yeah absolutely we've talked about it last week where we were kind of hinting at some of these ba- some of these teams having some basketball like scores this is one of them this might be one where those two basketball teams play each other and they don't hit that kind of points point spread uh there was out of 18 or there was 18 uh touchdowns scored out of 20 total possessions and that's not including Actually, that probably is including one where there was a kickoff return for a touchdown. One defensive stop all night for Wakefield, and it came in the the final seconds of the game.
0: Right. There was one punt in that game. Wakefield punted at one point. Again, Pender scored on every single possession except for the final one where they took over the ball with about a minute minute and change left on the clock. To be able to score at that level and then just run out of time is you don't lose games like that. And that's just a heart. It's a super, super fun game. And we'll talk a little bit later about some of the individual stats that came from it. But I mean, for Pender, that's a heartbreaker. I don't, I, you, but you, you don't want to hang your head too bad because again, 62 points, that's an incredible performance, but to not be able to come out with the win and now you're sitting at one and two for Pender, that's tough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, putting up 62 points, almost every coach in the in the state of Nebraska is going to be happy with that thinking they're going to walk away with a win. Um, if Pender can figure out how to get some stops on defense, they're going to be a very, very scary team to play putting up numbers like that.
0: Yeah. I'm not Even though they're one and two, like I said, I, the losses and this one to Wakefield and a tough loss to Clarkson Lee, who's a very, very good team, right. Pender off at your own risk. I'll tell you that much. Yep. Uh, other games that had some impact in these top 10 rankings that we'll get into in a little bit, Wisner-Pilger, they knocked off Nebraska Christian 40-34, to so another pretty high-scoring tight one there. Nebraska Christian, they ran for almost 300 yards. They ran 70 total offensive plays. They converted 23 first downs, and Wisner-Pilger was still able to come out on top.
1: Yeah, Wisner-Pilger kind of using that bend-don't-break type defense where, you can give up some points. You can give up some yards. Just don't give up the big plays, and make sure your offense is clicking better than your defense is.
0: This next one was a little weird, frankly. Not certainly not a score I expected to see when I saw that it was tied late. Um, but EPPJ Elgin Pope John they hold off Creighton in Creighton. Final score thirty-eight to thirty. It was tied at thirty late, but at this point I'm willing to call them the cardiac Wolfpack because they just it's it's nothing easy. They're just they're winning games, but boy, is it an interesting road to the victory for the Wolfpack so far this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like they're kind of the inverse of Nebraska football, where they're they're getting all these one score games, but they're on the the right end of it, and the ball's kind of bouncing <laughs> their way, where they're getting the getting the wins instead of getting the losses. Uh, but for Elgin, I think they're going to have to figure out something different offensively. Um, we'll kind of dive into their their stud. Uh, Jack Wemhoff here in a little bit but only three pass attempts and one of them was a pick um, and I'm pretty sure that pick came from uh, the freshman that we highlighted last week in Gage Walton for Creighton Um, I think they're gonna have to get something going more offensively yes they're they're still putting up good scores and stuff I think though as they get down the down the road they're gonna have to try and air the ball out a little bit more or get a little bit more creative in their carries because running Jack Wemhoff 40 carries a night that's gonna be rough
0: Yeah, it gets you a long, long ways. We've seen Wemhoff carry a team all the way to the semifinals last year, but you're going to have, like you say, you got to get creative if you want to break through to that next level and try to hoist that trophy. I mean, we do need to talk about the other side of this one, though. Creighton, I think you and I were pretty well in the ballpark, in the camp of this is just not going to be the normal Creighton team that we're used to seeing. They're not going to just – steamroll teams they're not there's gonna be times where they actually look like a pretty significant underdog and i mean they didn't look outstanding in that 10-0 win against cwc in week one i i mean they had the shutout but that's a cwc team that's still searching for its first win on the season and offensively only able to muster 10 points like kind of an iowa style as gross as that might sound (laughs) but (laughs) yeah not great but at the same time they smashed Nibera Vertigui last week and now they're playing the number two team in D2 absolutely to the hilt I I, I cannot figure this team out you work in Creighton please explain it to me
1: <laughs> well I think I think the big part is they've got uh first year head coach he's been the assistant before and Holden Wetzler who knows his knows his football and he's a smart smart guy working with um a lot of young players in his skill positions he's got sophomore quarterback sophomore running back um sophomore scat back, I guess you would, or freshman scat back, you'd call him engage uh, Walton. Um, but he's got a lot of depth along the line, uh, some older kids. Um, you got senior Cale Fulton, who plays kind of a tight end, uh, defensive line, rover type guy. Um, and I think he's just kind of got them buying in, knowing that they're willing to go toe-to-toe with anybody. I mean, like we said, it was kind of an ugly win the first week, but then they went – on the road, took care of things in niagara degree and put up big numbers there. And I think that's kind of just built some confidence. And though this game's a loss, being able to go four quarters with the number two ranked team in D2, I think Creighton's going to be one of those scary places where people are not going to want to go play. Because, quite frankly, Holden Wetzler and the Creighton Bulldogs have got things figured out.
0: Yeah, you just see a program that has been a winner the last decade plus and even if it seems like it might be a down year for him clearly when you know how to win you just keep it rolling there uh, another big time game in the top 10 palmyra they beat elmwood murdoch 52 to 28 and was probably one of the more surprising scores that i saw just with in terms of the margin of victory i expected this one to be very competitive and very close but palmyra again playoff ineligible because they're opted down to eight man but Frankly, I think we're all kind of losing out with them being a playoff ineligible team because that's a quality Elmwood Murdoch squad that they just knocked off and they did it in convincing fashion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think if it was up to me, I'd just kind of let them sneak into the playoffs regardless because I'd like to see how far this team can actually go. Um, we kind of talk about in both D1 and D2 where there's kind of a clear cut number one on both spots. But the way Paul Meyer has been playing, I think they could challenge that given the opportunity um quite frankly their season they're, they're they've got to just be looking to go undefeated um and kind of take that as their their state title of going undefeated so um you know they're just kind of going out trying to give other teams losses and uh just kind of run the table for themselves um that's that's what they're playing for i mean that's their end goal so
0: yeah just a really really impressive start this season from palmyra and our final game from week 3 from uh yeah from week 3 that we're going to get into and this was probably the the most shocking final that we saw but Tyler absolutely the, the rumors of St. Francis' demise have been greatly exaggerated there was plenty of plenty of dancing on many uh message board about celebrating what looked like, Oh, this is going to be an 0 and three start for the flyers. They finally are having to go through a rebuild, finally get to see how the other half lives. Well, they took on Osceola, a team that you and I talked pretty extensively about last week, pretty excited about the prospect that uh, prospects that the Bulldogs have for this season. St. Francis wins it in overtime 38
1: to 36. Yeah. And, uh, like you were saying, we've been hi- highlighting Osceola, so this isn't like oh we they knocked off a team that people kind of thought weren't deserving of one of those top spots. They beat the team that I thought would challenge for the top spot. Um, still no Zelazny back, but and I know this one had to have hurt him not being able to play in this one, especially as close as it was. Um, and I kind of wonder if things would have went a little different, but you can't can't think that way because he obviously wasn't in the game. Um so full credit to the Flyers like we like you said we kind of thought they might be out and I know a lot of people were kind of rooting against them but I think you called it a week early with Carson Wessel but he's ba- like they're back this is this is the win that kind of gets you your momentum going back into through the rest of the season um speaking of Carson Wessel I mean he scored the tying game or the tying score with a minute left in the game. And then he walked it off with a touchdown run, Um, ice in his veins for a young kid. Um, And I know for sure you're going to want to talk about him a little bit later in the show in one of our segments. So yeah,
0: we'll we'll be diving into Mr. Wessel later, but yeah, just, (laughs) I, there's not much more to say because again, if you're Osceola, you can look at this and say, well, Zelazny, who still reportedly should be back at some point this season. We'll see when that is. we'll see if and when that is. But you if you're Osceola, you can look at it and say, Well, we get Zelazny back, it might be a different ballgame. You're St. Francis. You look at it and go, Listen, we lost to EPPJ, who's still ranked number two. We lost to them by two. And then we took on a top five team in Osceola. We beat them by two. This St. Francis team can tell themselves that can look themselves dead in the mirror and say, we can hang with anybody. And I think the rest of the season is going to prove that. So, again, a, the most interesting final score from the week was certainly St. Francis topping Osceola, 38 to 36. Well, last week we introduced our names to no segment. And again, that's those guys that just week in, week out, you know, they're going to be the bell cow backs. The guys to- toting the ball 25, 30 times, just carrying an offense, carrying a defense the real stud Ironman for some of these eight man teams. And we got a couple of guys that I think we want to add to the list. Uh, The guys that are already on the list. That's Corbin Horn of Dundee County, Stratton Keenan Gaston of Hitchcock County, Cade Hozier of Elmwood Murdoch, Casey Loomis of Bridgeport, Carter Nelson of Ainsworth, who, I mean, you want, hate to harp on one kid so much, but boy, oh boy, he just keeps putting up highlight plays. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. I saw a clip of him and actually some still pictures of it where it might have been the hardest hit I've seen in eight-man football so far this season. Um, we've, we've talked about the offense, but wa- watching that hit, I mean, it's just kind of another highlight to add to the clip. Just roving as a safety linebacker, and he just is always looking for an opportunity to put the highlight
0: hit on, and he certainly got one there. But the two names I want to add this week, that's we're going to start with uh, Jack Wemhoff of EPPJ. We already mentioned him earlier. He's... A two time thousand yard rusher was massively instrumental in that semifinal run for the Wolfpack last year. And he really tried to, he basically did everything for the Wolfpack offensively in that close game there against Creighton.
1: Yeah. Five touchdowns, over forty carries. They know that's their guy, and they know they're gonna go to him early, often, and repeat. That's that's Elgin's like, yeah, just, offense right now.
0: And they're just going to dare you to stop him. And most of the time, you can't. He's just that guy. Jack Wemhoff no. is just that guy. And he's the defensive leader for this team as well. Their lead returner. Just, again, that do-it-all guy. And the second guy I want to add to the names to know this week, that's Kyle Kasich of Clarkson Lee. He's been awesome all season long. But really, in this last game against Bancroft-Rose Lee, it was a 22 to nothing win. So a tight one there for the Patriots. But Kasich went off for... 300 yards and scored all three touchdowns on 22 carries there for the Patriots to help them just keep cruising forward this year.
1: Yeah, uh, I managed to catch part of their their game against Pender in week two. And let me tell you, this kid's an absolute baller. And I'm really glad that we added him to the list.
0: Yeah, he's going to he's that lead ball carrier there for that Clarkson Lee team. That's a high quality team. And he is dangerous with the ball in his hands, and it doesn't matter if there's a couple of defenders in front of him. So, again, Kyle Kasich and Jack Wemhoff, add them to your list of names to know. All right, stat line of the week. There's a guy here that does that is part of our names to know list, but I just couldn't not put him in our stat lines of the week, and that's Lance Brester of Howell's Dodge. And we know Brester, 250 yards a game on the ground, just absolutely dominant. But when you're able to put up seven rushing touchdowns, like he was this week, I, I can't, I can't keep him off the stat line list. Tyler, when seven scores by an individual is just too much to ignore.
1: No, absolutely. And, and quite frankly, seven scores would normally put you at the top of this list. And he doesn't have the most touchdowns on this list as far as our stat line of the week. Not, not yeah, like, trying to give any spoilers here, but he didn't, didn't win the most touchdowns of the week. No, and like, this was the, the thing about it is though, is he puts put up seven on a why not team that was receiving votes to crack the top 10. Like this yeah, wasn't would, against a nobody here. This was a yeah. legit opponent that he ran all over the place on.
0: Sorry. I kept trying to talk over you there. You're absolutely <laughs> right. though. that's uh, why not is a solid, solid squad. And 22 carries, 297 yards for those seven scores. Just an absolute bulldozer of a performance. But you mentioned didn't have the most touchdowns this, this week. Neither did this guy, Cade Johnson of Wakefield. Luckily, News Channel Nebraska was at that Pender Wakefield game, and Johnson was their player of the game. And I mean he earned it 170 yards and five rushing touchdowns, threw for 139 and two more. Just I'm mean, seven total touchdowns and a 65 to 62 win. When you're able to quarterback your offense to that kind of production, it's
1: easy to see why he was player of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big kicker is they won that game. Otherwise, I think another guy that we're going to talk about here shortly would have been the player of the game because that is who had the most touchdowns on this on the week might might be the most touchdowns in a game this season. And quite frankly, Cade Johnson fully deserving of player that game by winning the game Anytime that you can put up seven total touchdowns, you're deserving. Let's let's not overshadow that at all. And I got to watch him against Plainview, I believe that was week one, and he was full-on carrying their team in that loss to Plainview. And so it's nice to see him get some success here against Pender and kind of bounce them back.
0: Yeah, again, like you said, I, I think going into that fourth quarter based on these stat lines, the production team for News Channel Nebraska was probably looking at each other and going, well, it depends on who wins. Whoever wins, that's who's going to yep. get player of the game here. And the guy that was in consideration there for Pender, that was Quentin Heineman, just an unreal 14 carries for 198 yards and five scores on the ground, five receptions for 159 and three through the air. 12 tackles defensively, and last week we talked a little bit about how Pender's got a legit kicker. Well, that's who it is, Tyneman, and he was 4 of 5 on PATs, and the one that he missed was blocked.
1: Yeah. Uh, any t- I mean, eight-man football, like we've talked about with Carter Nelson over Ainsworth, you got to put your best, a- best athlete in the best positions, and that's what, they d- that's what Pender does with Heineman on offense. Uh, eight total touchdowns. Uh, for those of you who don't know, 10 in a game is the state record. Yeah. And he was he was on pace for it. I think he had seven, seven going into the fourth quarter, maybe. And I know I was watching that one close to see if he had gotten it or not. Um, Just just the fact that he can do everything that they're asking him of. And uh, quite, quite frankly, if you can have that kind of production on offense, if Pender, like we said before, if Pender can get some stops, they're going to be a very dangerous, dangerous team.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you gotta imagine that. I would. I didn't see the final play, but I'm guessing Wakefield was probably doubling Heineman on that final pass by Pender. Yep. So again, our stat lines of the week: that's Lance Brester with his 297 yards and seven touchdowns for Hell's Dodge. Quentin Heineman with his eight touchdown performance for Pender, and Kate Johnson with his seven touchdown performance for Wakefield. Now we're looking now at the young bucks, the freshman breakouts, and. We already mentioned him in the St. Francis Osceola game. That's Carson Wessel, the freshman quarterback for the St. Francis Flyers brought him up a little bit last week, just throwing and wanted to throw him out there and make sure we got his name out there early because anytime you get to take over a program like St. Francis at quarterback as a freshman, I get I usually have a, I'd have a pretty good feel that you're going to have a big time career. Well, He waited a whole week to really break out. (laughs) He threw for two touchdowns, ran for three, including the game tire to send it to overtime and the game winner in overtime and also was able to convert that two point conversion. just an unreal performance there by Wessel. And again, just as a freshman for a storied program to be able to step up, put up those kind of numbers and lead your
1: team to a win like that. Got a tip of the cap. To be quite honest, I think whenever we talk about a team like being down or a team being up, I think we're just kind of jinxing these teams at this point. We did it with Osceola, and then we talked about how St. Francis might be down and how we wanted to shout out this freshman kid. And then all of a sudden he just goes absolutely bananas and carries their team to a win. I think I think the more we talk about a team, the more either A, they're in trouble or B, they're about to do really good. Yeah, it's things are
0: going to swing one way or the other if we're talking about you. And it's probably going to make us wrong. And I want no (laughs) one and I mean no one to tell our wives that that's what's happening.
1: No, do not do not pass that (laughs) along at all. We're never wrong.
0: That remains a secret. If this pod gets too big, we'll just have to deal with that when cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, other freshmen we're looking at this week, Tucker Biscup of Alma. I've kind of been glancing his way. This is an Alma team that's three and one. That only loss was in that shootout to Thunder Ridge, Kansas a couple of weeks ago. Well, this week he had 117 yards and one touchdown passing, 14, 14 yards and one touchdown rushing. And he had five receptions for 75 yards and uh, five receptions, for 75 yards and one receiving touchdown. So just a really impressive all around p- performance there for um, Bisco.
1: Yeah, this is almost kind of like a, a kind of a budget Carter Nelson, not not to keep bringing him up, but it's kind of a budget stat line of that where he's kind of just another eight man team putting their one of their best athletes just so happens to be. A freshman in this one, kind of putting him everywhere on the field. Um, It's tougher teams to adjust against these teams, especially a freshman, when they don't have a lot of tape on them, especially if you're moving them all over the field. So it's nice to see uh, Tucker kind of moving around, doing a little bit of everything, trying to help his team get these wins.
0: And just for clarification, so you know, it's not just empty calories here for Biscup. That was in a 52 to 40 win over Bertrand. So good competitive game there that his team really needed that level of production. So Tucker Biscup from Alma. And our final breakout of the week, that's going to be the freshman quarterback from Omaha, Brownell Talbot. That's John Shinzel. He threw for three and ran for three in Brownell Talbot's big win over Lions Decatur Northeast.
1: That's that was Brown L. Talbot's first win of the season. Well, anytime you've got one one guy yeah. going for six touchdowns, you've got a good chance to win. And uh to be quite honest if we'd had this stat line a different week, he might've been in our full on stat lines of the week. Uh, as we've been kind of talking about where we've had seven, seven, eight touchdowns for those, those big three that we already mentioned, he probably could have snuck up there in a different week, but instead he's got to got to just hang out with these freshmen that we like to bring up and uh, definitely going to be a kid that I'm keeping my eye on uh, a lot closer. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Brown, tell, but a program that, Not always the easiest place to win, but I tell you what, you got a freshman quarterback coming in, putting up these kind of numbers. Maybe just maybe they might have something cooking down there in Omaha, eight man football. So, again, our freshman breakouts this week, we've got Carson Wessel of St. Francis, John Shinzel of Omaha, Brownell Talbot and Tucker Biscop of Alma. So we're going to try to dive. uh, We're still playing around with our format for all of our content here. We've bounced around between these first two episodes. So one thing that we want to really make sure we're getting into is the top tens. We want to make sure this is going to force us to go a little bit longer, but we want to make sure we're getting through these top tens. We're touching on all these top teams. A lot of them come up in the stat lines and some of the big games that we're watching, but we want to make sure that we're just just checking in With the top teams in Class D1 and D2 in these rankings, and the teams that are receiving votes, just those teams that you can really circle as guys groups to watch as we head closer and closer to the playoffs. Crazy to think we're almost halfway through the season already. But we'll start in Class D1, top ten, number one. It's been number one all season long. North Platte St. Pat's hammered Kimball, seventy to nothing. They face their at uh, one and two Sutherland team this year, but it might just be the St. Platt season in this first year that they've dropped down to eight man their Tyler,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's impressive to see uh, the amount of depth that they have in games that are kind of like this, where um, even your subs that are getting in, cause you know, at some point they, they pulled their starters cause you don't want anybody getting hurt. And uh, they're still, the subs are still able to hold the shutout going 70, 70 to zero against Kimball. Um, to start the season they looked like the favorites and quite frankly, until something crazy happens, I really don't think that's gonna change for a while. Definitely not in my eyes anyway.
0: Yeah, it's hard to see what another team could do outside of actually beating St. Pat's to truly <laughs> truly mm-hmm. change our opinion prior to the playoffs. Everything anything will happen when we get there, but prior to it's gonna be hard to see it switching. Uh, Number two in D1, that's Cross County. They remain undefeated with a 72-14 win over McCool Junction. They are at a 1-2 Twin River squad this week. Stanton, 3-0. They beat Weeping Water 37-14. They host a winless Guardians Angels Central Catholic team. Clarkson Lee, we already mentioned them a little bit in that 22-0 win over Bancroft Rosalie. Uh, That was, again, the nice offensive performance from Kyle Kasich to really carry the load there, but... Holding that shutout in a tight game, like nice to see that from a defense that a week ago against against Pender gave up nearly forty.
1: Yeah, um, and we've kind of hinted at Pender before about how they can score, but it's really nice to see Clarkson Lee where they they had beat them in kind of a Big Twelve style shootout, be able to kind of throw up more of a Big Ten style score here with the twenty-two to zero. Nice to see that they're kind of balancing their team out. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that uh, offense and defense going the rest of the season.
0: And Clarkson Lee ranked fourth and they face Shelby rising city, a two and one squad for the Huskies there this season at number five in D one team. We've already mentioned as well, Paul Myra with that big time win over Elmwood Murdoch, 52 to 28, they take on an undefeated Thayer central team. But Tyler, you and I were talking about this when, when the rankings dropped this week and I, does Paul Myra belong higher in your mind?
1: And my mind yes I, I honestly think that some of the rankings are kind of uh, bashing them a little bit because they're not playoff eligible so they're not putting them up as high as I think they should be um, I'm not going to say which teams ahead of them need moved down because um, everybody's undefeated up above them and uh, there's also several teams below them that are also undefeated so I, I think personally they're kind of getting pushed down a little bit further because everybody that they've gotten put in front of they beat them in impressive fashion um, including Elmwood Murdoch, like we just talked about, and beating Elmwood Murdoch, they're still in the top 10. We'll, we'll get to them shortly. So uh, in my mind, it's Myron, They're they're out there trying to like reach the top of this leaderboard, go undefeated, and that, that's going to be their win for the season.
0: Yeah, this is a big, big-time win that went over over Elmwood Murdoch, but again we'll touch on their next opponent, the three and zero Thayer Central, coming up shortly here as well. Not at number six in D one, that's Neely Oakdale, mentioned their win over Crofted, thirty six to eighteen. They host a one and two Elkhorn Valley Falcons squad this week. At number seven, the aforementioned Thayer Central, they beat Heartland forty eight to six, and they get to host that Palmyra team in this is one to keep an eye on this week. This is going to be, a, again, it's a top 10 matchup two undefeated teams. This should be fun.
1: Yeah. This is the one that I've probably got my going to be checking my phone quite often, trying to get some score updates for this one. Um, they central has got a kid that he might, might be the best, if not one of the best, uh, true linebackers in eight man football right now. And that's Gunnar Mumford. Um, he's got my vote for all state. That's for sure. And, uh, you know he's a physical linebacker when he's five 5'10", 185 pounds, but he also is your center for your offensive line. Um, I'm looking for Gunner to try and shut down the rest of the um, Paul Meyer offense and uh, really just kind of try and hold them to a lower score. They haven't really been uh, limited on offense, so I'm I'm anxious to see what a stud linebacker can do against that offense.
0: Yeah, it's always fun when it, the linebacker center combo, the dick butt kiss special, like I, those oh, kids yeah. are always physical. They play hard, always fun to watch. Uh, at number eight and D one, that's Laurel Concord Coleridge. We mentioned their win over Plainview 38 to 14. Well, they've got an undefeated opponent coming in here as well. That's Homer and Homer hasn't exactly played a murderer's row schedule, but all you can do is beat the teams in front of you. And that's what they've done. And that sets up an interesting matchup here with the Bears.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was kind of kind of shocked to see Homer at 3-0. Um, this is their first true test. So this is really kind of where we'll find out um, what they are as far as team-wise goes. Um, Laurel's got to try and keep building on. Uh, they held a really potent view offense to only 14 points last week. Um, they've got to be. Uh, on it on both sides of the ball i'm anxious to see what happens in this one because like we've talked about before um with some of the top 10 teams playing up above laurel concord college if they can pull out a win here they'll move up and quite frankly i think if homer beats laurel they're they're definitely gonna be getting some votes if not cracking that top 10
0: yeah an interesting proven moment for both teams at number nine, we've already talked about him here in their loss to Palmyra. That was Elmwood Murdoch. They're now two and one on the year. They host a one and two Omaha Christian team. And it's, that's the tough loss that Elmwood Murdoch took to Palmyra there. But I don't think
1: we want to write them off yet. No, absolutely not. This is kind of the time in the season where you kind of it's it's I don't want to call it a make or break point, but it's kind of your bounce back type type of game where you you kind of got beat um, and Quite frankly, it wasn't that close, so it's kind of time to see what your team's made of, how they bounce back, how they respond to that adversity. Um, and that that's just kind of where we're at in the season, like you talked about. It's crazy to think we're almost halfway through, but this is this is where you find out what kind of team you've got. And so uh, I'm, I'm thinking on when Murdoch bounces back in a big way this, this week. At number 10, and interesting to see them
0: sneak into the rankings here, but the resurgence is real in Ravenna. As again, they're three and zero after they topped Cambridge, and this week they're traveling to an zero and three Pleasanton team. So, fun things happening down there in Ravenna. Uh, the teams that we've got as kind of receiving votes, uh, those contenders to crack into the top ten, Riverside. They're they're flirting with that top ten. They knocked off North Central fifty five to zero. Well, they get to host another team. That's in the mix here to get into the top 10 and that's Nebraska Christian. We mentioned their close loss to Wisner Pilger, but now they, um, no rest for the weary is now they've got to take on a quality Riverside charger outfit there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Riverside coming off that big win against North central, you know, they're going to be trying to pull off another big one, trying to crack that top 10. Um, But this Nebraska Christian team is tough. Um, And honestly, this is going to be another, another big swing game style format.
0: Absolutely, the winner really gets an inside track to that top ten ranking. The loser faces an uphill battle with their second loss to try to get themselves up there. And the uh, the last D one matchups that we'll be highlighting in this one that's Wisner Pilger and they are at that one and two Pender team. And this this one should be fun. I this what this game should just flat out be a ton of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the fact that it's at Pender means I'm going to be trying to catch it on their their Strive YouTube that they usually have going. Um, this is a it's a, another big one where it's another swing game. Pender's looking to try and bounce back. Um, we've highlighted their offense. Um, the question's going to be for Penders if they can get a stop on defense. Um, we know they can score with the best of them, and quite frankly, for Wisner, it's going to be the same deal. It's it's really going to come down to which defenses show up and which ones can get the stops and get their get their teams off the field um and that's just what it's going to come down to in this one i think it's just going to be which defenses get the stops which one can force the turnovers and come away with the win
0: yeah last week seemed to be the week of the shootouts but if you were looking for another one this week i would go ahead and circle wisner pilger at pender moving now to class d2 and at the top and again it's similar to saint pat's and D1, how they've been at the top all season long. It's the Howls, Dodge, Jaguars. They knocked off Why Not fifty-four to twenty. They host Humphrey, Lindsey, Holy Family at the. This is just, this is just a juggernaut team that wins ball games. Tyler.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we asked for some people to submit some some freshman highlights um, into the Facebook and Twitter pages, and uh, we got one sent in for Hunter Luther, um, and. Quite frankly, it was another one. Honestly, it would have rivaled the biggest biggest hit that I've seen out of eight-man football so far. And it was on a, a pick-six return um, where he just kind of took his took his frustration out on the offensive player. And when you've got freshmen that are able to make blocks and hits like that, you know you've got a pretty storied program with a lot of depth and a lot of culture when uh, everybody's trying to get in on the action.
0: Yeah, when a guy playing with that mentality and that level of strength is coming in as a depth piece in a game that you're winning by multiple touchdowns. Again, this is howls and dodge individually. If you've been following eight man football in this day for any period of time, you understand that there is an incredible amount of history in those two as individual programs. Well, now they're co-op and they remain one of the toughest teams to play year in year out. And really first off, it was an insane hit. He, I think he absolutely took the wind out of the kid that he hit. It's super fun. I'm hoping we're going to be able to get that clip onto our social media pages this week. So check out, make sure you're following our Facebook and our Twitter pages. Cause again, if you can get if you can get us some cool clips and some cool media, we'd love to share it. We want to keep highlighting those kids. So that'll be just again, keep those coming. But this hit from Luther just to me, just screams, Those why some of these programs are able to be perennial winners. These kids get in the weight room. They get the mentality. It's ingrained into them, and they want to play like that no matter the score, no matter the opponent, no matter down-distance situation. And I just – I thought that was really indicative of you try to figure out why some programs stay so consistently strong and some just struggle to crack into that upper echelon in high school football that – should have pretty dramatic swings in terms of who's got the talent on a year to year basis. And I think again, that big hit from Hunter Luther is a statement to why house Dodge is what they are. And I think it's probably telling us that we should probably keep an eye on Hunter Luther as a defensive player moving forward in his career. Absolutely. Number number two in D two, that's EPPJ mentioned their tight win there against Creighton 38 to 30 they now, they're hosting an 0-3 CWC team, but again, it's been cardiac wolf pack all year. I am I hesitate to have a real confident statement in how this one's going to go.
1: Yeah, this one should be pretty clean, cut, and dry, where it should just be all Elgin, all night. Um, but like you've said, they've, they've kind of played to who they're playing. Um, I don't want to say down to their competition, because I think they've played some teams that have kind of answered the call, kind of came up, and... Punched the wolf pack right in the mouth to be honest um this this is one though where i kind of think they might be able to get ahead a little bit and kind of work on some more of their offense kind of work on that creativity um this this is a big one for elgin where they kind of need to make a statement to me on that they they deserve this number two spot yes they've they've beat everybody in front of them but i want i want a statement win on this one
0: yeah you want to stay at the top of those rankings you got to show us a little bit of something because the team's below you certainly aren't taking any days off as at number three, that's brooding Davenport. Shickley. They beat blue Hill 46 to nothing. They yeah. host Lord central Catholic, a one and two LCC team there this week, Hitchcock County team that I think you and I are both pretty high on. They took on mm-hmm. a pretty strong South loop team beat them 36 to 24. Now they host Loomis on Thursday. That, oh, that Loomis squad is 0 and three. Um, so Hitchcock looks rolling pretty good, but, I just,
1: I wonder if they shouldn't even be ranked higher as well, Tyler. Yeah, this is one that I, th- I think in, in my rankings anyway, they're up a little bit higher probably flip-flopping them with Elgin. Um, personally, I think they're one of the, one of the top teams in the state in D2, um, quite, quite frankly, the, it was pretty, pretty big statement when beating South loop. Um, this is, this is one that's on Thursday night. Um, hosting an 0-3 Loomis team. I, th- I think this is one where they kind of make another big statement, kind of proving to people, hey, we we deserve a little bit more credit than we're getting, and uh, I think this is the one where they do it. Kennesaw comes in ranked at number
0: 5. They knocked off Superior 38-14. to 14. They host an 0-3 Deschler Dragons squad. Uh, Bloomfield stays undefeated, a 62-12 to 12 win over Tri-County Northeast, the new Wolfpack co-op out there. This week, they have to travel down the road there. Quick draw down to a 1-2 and Osmond team, but we already mentioned that might be a 1-2 Osmond team, but boy did they play an interesting one that they certainly could have won against St. Mary's. So I don't think this is going to be a pushover here for the Bees.
1: No, if, you, if you're Coach Matt Kuhar, this is one uh, you've got to have your guys taken seriously for sure. This Osmond team might be 1-2, but they've played some pretty good teams. Um, they've been able to score a bunch of points, um, and I think I think Osmond's main goal is going to be trying on these kickoffs, trying to keep the ball out of Wiley Ziegler's hands. He's a dangerous returner for Bloomfield. And uh, we already kind of talked about earlier in in the show how Osmond recovered multiple onsides. So I would not be surprised if there was not multiple tried, at least not squib kicks, that um, they're going to try and keep out of Bloomfield's returner's hands.
0: Yeah, it should be a good one there in Osmond. At number seven, Dundee County Stratton, they knocked off Axtell 40-7. to seven. They host a one and two Bertrand squad this week. Number eight, Fall City Sacred Heart. They just keep on crawling their way back up after a season opening loss. They knocked off Nebraska Lutheran fifty six twenty eight. They host Diller Odell this week at number nine. A team that I'm still not sure what to make of them. Sand Hills Bedford two and one knocked off Twin Loop forty four to eight. They host the aforementioned South Loop team, which again coming in at one and two this isn't a South loop team that we want to just write off. And I, I think we might be able to learn a little bit more about Sand Hill Stedford this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is not a South loop team that you want to just write off. I think this is actually going to be a pretty good game. Definitely one I'm going to be watching. So you called your shot last week on uh Carson Wessel. I'm calling my shot on Connor Paulson from South loop. They're running back. He's averaging over a hundred yards a game. Um, I can't. I can't speak for this last week because there wasn't any stats put in, but the first two games he was over 100 yards a game on the ground um, as their main running back. Their quarterback does a lot of their running, but um, he's going to be somebody that I'm kind of watching. And you, you called your shot last week. I'm, I'm calling it on Connor Paulson this week to try and help South Loop kind of take down Sandhill-Studford and move themselves back into playoff contention.
0: Yeah, I think you're. I think you're probably dead on there, Paulson. Seems to be a pretty talented freshman back. So he may find himself into an earlier segment next week if he can put up a nice one here against Sandhill Stedford. Final-ranked team in D2, Johnson-Brock. They've found their way back into it. Again, uh, winning programs keep on winning. Johnson-Brock 3-0. They knocked off Meade 54-6. They've got a fun one this week, too. An undefeated Humboldt-Table Rock-Steinauer squad coming to town.
1: Yeah, that's a big one. Another, another two undefeated teams. Uh, Johnson Brock made a big statement win over Meade fifty-four to six last week. Look for them to try and creep up the rankings here with some top ten teams playing each other. Uh, this, this is another big one that's and we keep talking about it. Where they're kind of swing games where you're either going to move up or you're going to move down. And this two, two undefeated, somebody's got to lose.
0: Down now to the D two contenders and. Osceola, they fell all the way out of the top 10 here of this composite top 10 with that loss to St. Francis and they host Palmer. And now this is a Palmer Tiger squad that just got their first win on the season, had a nice win there over CWC. But if Osceola is fully healthy or even mostly healthy, seeing Zelazny coming out of that St. Francis game, that's this is going to be tough sledding for Palmer because I think Osceola is going to really want to show something here.
1: Yeah, I think Osceola is kind of out, out for some revenge in this one, and I, th- I think they're looking to kind of bounce back, um, kind of get some momentum back going their way before they kind of make their playoff run. Um, I, th- I think this is a big one for Osceola, and quite frankly, another big one for Palmer as well. I think this is one where you kind of got to keep your eye on both sides of the ball and see what happens here.
0: Yeah, see what Osceola has coming again off that very, very exciting loss. Another one where we've got a team that, has had a hot t- start to the season, but is coming off a tough loss. Why not? They were, they lost to Hell's Dodge 54 to 20. Well, now they host a one and two Randolph team. And I think Randolph's in a similar spot to Palmer where they've got a team. That's a very talented team looking for blood that they're going to have to try to take on here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is one where why Not's kind of trying to get the, the train back on the tracks and get things rolling back up again. And, uh, yeah, I think I think you said it where it's just a talent team coming to town where they're going to be kind of looking for some vengeance here. Ainsworth, they're flirting with the bottom end of these
0: rankings here. They knocked off Burwell 34 to 12. They host a one and two neighbor of team. But I really think the story with Ainsworth here, Tyler, is a team with the undefeated resume that they have and one of the most heralded football players in eight-man football probably possibly an eight-man football history I mean this kid's a high level four-star recruit by some recruiting services is Carter is Carter Nelson that team not being in the top 10 kind of raises my eyebrows and I almost wonder if I as I mentioned before this is really easily looks like the best Ainsworth squad in many many years so is there almost a well, how real is Ainsworth distrust going on with the voters? Because not getting a lot of love are the Bulldogs, beside despite getting plenty of buzz.
1: Yeah, I almost wonder if it's almost like, well, well, they haven't been good before. Are we sure they're legit? But I'm I'm speaking it into existence. Ainsworth is a legit team. You have to keep keep your eyes on them all season. Um, I I look to them to have Nybera Verde come to town, and I I think that's going to be a that's going to be an ugly one. I think. I think, quite frankly, Ainsworth's going to kind of make a statement that they deserve deserve more respect than what they're getting and uh, make a statement win here.
0: Been absolutely crushing people so far of the Bulldogs. Don't No reason to bet against that now. Lawrence Nelson, we mentioned, trying to fight their way back into the rankings. That big win over Arapahoe, 68-14. They host a 1-2 and two Blue Hill team as they continue to climb. And St. Francis... Well, everybody was dancing on their graves, but they knocked off Osceola and now they're receiving some votes here at the back end at the top 10.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: And final one that we want to look at here is Wausau. They aren't in the normal composite top 10s that you'll find there on the Huskerland prep message boards. Love the folks that put those composite top 10s together. Boy, do they make my life easier, but We've seen some buzz forums a little bit more locally there in northeast Nebraska. This Wausau team knocked off Boyd County 42 to 22. They host that really nice Creighton team that we've spoken of a couple times so far. And this is an interesting game, I think, partially because it's teams that we're both very familiar with because of the region that they're in there, Tyler, but also because we can see that this is a game where you could really set the winner up for a surprise run this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is kind of kind of some backyard football for us, um, both both directions of the hometown. Um, so kind of right in the middle of both these teams. Gotten to see some highlights from both. Gotten to see some some buzz from the different towns. Um, like you said, this is a swing game for both both programs. They're close town rivals. Um, nothing ever comes easy between either of these programs. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Um, Creighton, like we talked about, they've got those young skill players, but with with some experience uh, in kind of their more line and defensive side. Uh, Wausau has an extreme talent in Jackson Clausen at the quarterback spot. He's listed as a wide receiver on their max prep page, but he's definitely their quarterback Um, can throw it, can run it. Um, Really good basketball athlete. Um, They've kind of got some things going there in Wausau um, starting things off this season and uh, getting quite a bit of momentum going here might be one of their better starts in the past few years. Um, so this this is one that I'm definitely keeping my eye on. Not just because they're two close teams, but it's kind of two teams that are both looking to prove something in Creighton and Wausau.
0: Yeah, this looks like, especially with this win, this could be Wausau's best team since those early kind of 2012, 13, 14ish range teams mm-hmm. led by Marcus Classen, Marcus Classen, Trevor Wakeley austin con those types of squads and if you're from that region like tyler and i are you know who I'm, you know the guys that i'm talking about those were those teams were no joke and maybe this wasaw team could get on that level so again those are through all of our top tens some of the games to watch and again we mentioned all these games through our top tens you got shelby rising city that are at Clarkson lee south loop at sandhills thedford um Laurel Concord Coleridge at Homer. Palmyra at Thayer Central, a top 10 matchup. That's probably probably the game of the week going into the weekend. Uh, Humboldt Table Rock Steinauer at Johnson Brock. And again, the predicted shootout. So go ahead and bet the under because Tyler and I are always wrong. <laughs> That's Wisner Pilger at Pender. As I think that is all we've got on the docket here this week, Tyler. And man, I just we're getting lots and lots of compliments from folks that we know and some from folks that we don't know and seeing those listens go up. Just knowing that people actually appreciate what we're talking about and appreciate the perspective that we bring and what we're trying to do here to cover eight man football. I <laughs> It's going to be a while before I'm able to end a podcast without just absolutely thanking everybody from the bottom of my heart for listening and reaching out and engaging with things, sending us pictures, sending us videos, talking to us, just everything. I just, it
1: means so much to get that. I, I just don't have the words sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every, every time we get a good, good feedback comment from somebody or a message from somebody, we're sharing it with each other. And, uh, we both always kind of say, just kind of, kind of fills you up with that good feeling. Um, can't Like you said, it's, it's tough to put into words uh, the amount of thanks that we can put out to everybody who's shared things, sent us things, um, just kind of the positive feedback we've gotten from everybody. Um, it, it really means a lot from from both of us, uh, everything that everybody's been doing for us, and this was kind of something we just kind of wanted to dabble our feet in with this season and just kind of see how it went, and uh, quite frankly, it's kind of getting some traction, and it's it's been a lot of fun so far, and I, I can't wait to see how it all pans out.
0: Yeah, it's just so fun to know that there's at least, a, we've got enough positivity coming back that it gives us the energy to keep doing it, and that really that's all that matters. But we want to engage with everybody, so be sure to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at 8by80podcast. 8 you can also find us on Facebook. I do have an email set up now, so if you've got some stats or picks or info or just want to drop us a line, email us at 8by80pod, 8 that's eightby T B Y eight zero pod at yahoo.com, 8by80pod at yahoo.com. As always, when you're listening to this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, follow us on whatever platform you're listening. Right now, we are on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. Hope to be on Google Podcasts and just about anywhere that you can find podcasts here in the coming weeks.
1: Alrighty. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up as always. Have a fun and safe week of eight man football until next week. Peace.